Hello and welcome to This Shit Really Happened, the true crime podcast where we deep dive into the most disturbing, depraved, and downright gruesome true crimes in history. My name is M. And guess who's back, guess bitches? Who's <laughs> it's me. It's Autumn. It's Autumn. She's back. She's back. Listen, it's been rough these past few months for me, so like... <laughs> golf clap. Golf clap, golf clap. I know, I know. We were literally just looking at the last episode we posted together, and it was November 9th, man. It's been a while for me. I know. know? We had Dai Dai come in with the the celebrity guest star. (laughs) It was great. Oh, let me tell you about this idea that me and Dai Dai were talking about when we were at the gym. Tell me if you'd be into it or not. So we just want to do, like, because you know how Dai Dai's got stories. (laughs) Dai Dai's got some fucking stories. She's got, y'all, Dai Dai's got some fucking stories to tell. If you listen to last episode, we kind of... You know, because we've hinted at, at the big one that she has mm-hmm. to tell, like the one that's actually like literally like you almost got a felony enacted <laughs> on you. Yeah, like you were almost dead kind of story. <laughs> but she's got a lot of just like because Dai Dai was stories. living life back in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. And Show was. Yeah. So I was like, what would be super fun? Like, how could we just kind of frame that as like a fun little episode where Dai Dai could just come on and tell Dai Dai stories or however long? I'm like, we should. Have I should have Dai Dai come over. We should have a few drinkity drinks. Oh god! And then have Dai Dai tell her stories. Because I'm like, I want to do like a drunk episode, but that like, would be fun. I was thinking we should start another podcast where we literally just bullshit the whole time. <laughs> because like this is the one where we can talk about murdery stuff and also bullshit, but we bullshit about the murdery stuff. Yeah. So, like, we should do one and create another podcast where it's literally just, like, us talking about our fucking, my fucking cyclone of a life <laughs> and all the bullshit that goes on with her. I think it'd be funny. Honestly, that's just, yeah, one of those is, like, talk about what the fuck ever podcasts. Those mm-hmm. are those are so funny. And that could be the name of it, what the fuck ever. What the fuck ever. <laughs> <laughs> we have this shit really happen and what the fuck ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know I think that'd be really because I, I always want to do like a drunk episode like I know we have drinks right now but we were mm. not we're not like because like I feel like there's a certain line that like you shouldn't cross with true crime and I feel like getting drunk and like just we probably us, say some fucking yeah I feel shit. like it's a it could really uh, edge into like disrespectful territory <laughs> and that's not what I'm trying to do no that's we can do the disrespect for do. the other podcast if we start it exactly. <laughs> here we go but yeah I'm like perfect we could have a few drinkity drinks mm-hmm. have die die come through and tell some die die stories because that woman is wild. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like y'all would be very entertained. She was very tame on the episode she? she and I did. Yeah, it's probably because she didn't know how to act yet. Yeah, she was. She was literally so nervous. She's like, "Am I gonna do well? Like, what, what do I do?" I'm like, "Die die, just, just react talk. to the information <laughs> I'm telling you." And just do one of these every now and then. <gasps> Yeah, right. Just <laughs> a surprise. No way. Oh my gosh. Oh, no way actually, that didn't happen. Because we were, the case we were talking about was like, it was, there was a lot, because it's, it's unsolved, the case that we did. And she had, she had a, really like a lot of good theories going. She had her, like her, her detective brain going on. Hi, I uh, haven't what, seen you forever. What cat is that? Is that Bub? Yep. Oh, oh. There he Hi, is. baby. I haven't for, seen you forever. Oh, he's such a guy. Hi. He's such a guy. We always gotta have little little cat breaks. Hi, baby. Some Come levity in our world on. with cats. Come on. If you wanna meow into the mic, come here. <laughs> You're gonna have to pick him up. He's old. Come here, dude. He's old man. Hey, come here. He said, pick me up. Pick me up, please. Oh my god, 
getting sadder. Hey, hey. <laughs> he's, ah! he's putting on his, his winter weight. Oh, there he goes. Bubby. Bubby stars on the podcast. Bubby is third host. There we go. Oh, You're such a good guy. Oh. Okay, you don't want to get down. <laughs> no. He said no. No. He never knows what he wants. He really doesn't. He's such he's, a... Look at him. He's literally such a goob. He's just a goob. He's, he's just goober. Goobin. He goobin. <laughs> he's just goobin. That's Ralph's new thing. He's goobin. He's goobin. Ralph's goobin. goobin. There's this cat on TikTok. I forget his name, but he's so cute. And his owner, like... What's his name? Uh, um, uh, Cooter. I love him. Good there. <laughs> but yes, love that cat, but not the cat I'm talking about. This cat <laughs> is like, um, he's like a long-haired cat. And he'll like lay on his side and he'll start like kicking like his bunny feet when he gets really Aww. excited. And his owner calls it Goosin. Like, you Goosin? Because he's like acting like a silly goose. Are you Goosin? So no, he's like, goobin. are you Goosin? No, Bubby Goobs. Because he's goob. just a very stinky, very dirty, very scrunkly man. You goob. And he's goobin. He's looking at me like that, like, talk shit one more time, bitch. I will fuck you up. I'd like to see you try. Oh, he just slow blinked at me. That means he loves me. Oh, the guy. Oh. He's like, that's me. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remember listeners are probably like, stop talking about the fucking cats. Literally, they're like, come on, get to the murder. This Seriously. is what I listen for. <laughs> this is what I listen for. Speaking of, I was like watching our Spotify wrapped. I posted Spotify wrapped on the Instagram, but like, mm. we were like, we had a good amount of listeners where I was like, you're their number one podcast. I was like, Love oh, that. guys. Like, we're definitely not the biggest podcast in the world. But, like, the people who listen to this are like very loyal listeners, and we love you. I'm down for the loyalty. Literally. We just had this fucking conversation. <laughs> oh my god, seriously, yeah, we were we were having a, we were having a fucking conversation before this started. Um, but yeah, I mean, we might as well jump into things. I have a somewhat shorter case for us today. Autumn and I are also waiting on our DoorDash from Taco Bell, so they're still preparing. They're it. okay, bet. Doors. So we gotta we're gonna run through it's this still shit. Nine oh six to. Can they need to hurry the fuck up. Is what they need to do. To, hang on. Oh, it changed. Oh. 844 to 850. 844. Uh, well, you know what? If if there's an awkward cut in this episode, it's because I had to stop recording so we could go get our Taco Bell. But Her Dasha's name is Barbie. Barbie! We love that. We love Barbie. Go Barbie. More, I was more of a brat doll person. Oh, dude. I had so many fucking brat dolls. I love those little bitches. Literally. <laughs> I had a brat doll, like one of those little squishy chair things that kids can sit in. Oh, and yeah. Like, like, the in- like one of the inflatable ones. Oh, just kidding. She decided to not take it and now they're still preparing. Okay. Get fucked, Barbie. I take away everything I just said about you. That's why we like pretzels better. You bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. So, oh, see, scrunkly. Scrunkly. What what happened? He's, he, scrunkly. That's all I can say. So we're back to 906 and 916. Okay, well, fuck it, whatever. Um, all right. So. These whores. For any of y'all that follow our lovely Instagram at TSRH Podcast, um, you would have seen that I did post a coming soon little picture um, so the case that I have for y'all today update I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about so well because she did not tell me what we're doing I mean I had to I had to uh kind of figure out if we were gonna be doing this <laughs> or not I had died eye on the back burner it was last minute I called her literally like an hour ago while I was at Target and she's like do you want to do it I'm like mm, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I had died eye on the back burner in case I had to bring you know die die back in to be a be a pinch hitter for me mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. now we're here but yeah we are doing the case of the high thigh murders the what high thigh oh, H-I- I thought you said high thigh high thigh like, 
They'd be chopping people's thighs I'm like, off. is this now thigh soup? Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I have a case that could be like, mm, well, I don't know. Because they weren't eating them, but they were cutting them into itty bitty pieces. Oh, what was I? Oh, my. I saw this movie. Um, terrible movie, by the way. Don't go see it. <laughs> uh, what was it called? Bones and All. Oh, you didn't like it? Lucas wants to go see that. Don't do it. No, it's not good. Do not fucking do it. It is terrible. Oh, bummer. Terrible. Okay, but that literally... um, It's because they tried to do too much. You know what? It stars our Lord and Savior, Timothy Chalamet. It's because they (laughs) they really, really honestly try to do too much. It's like horror yeah because aren't they like plus a, a romance Ralph is chewing on the christmas tree plus like a comedy romance and then things oh. get confusing and then it's like a really long movie on top of that so i'm like uh, people gotta pick a genre if you're gonna do horror it's do like horror. it's like rom-com horror um, no i don't like that it's, I don't like it's that. weird and i d- i was like what the fuck is going on i'll like wait for that shit to come out on hbo max or something yeah, yeah. lucas wanted to go see it he's no, like no. But save your money. Please. I'll watch anything with Timothy Chalamet in it because, again, our Lord and Savior. As I reference the uh, Timothy Chalamet Jesus prayer candle that I have in my dining room table, <laughs> like I won't ruin it for anybody and tell you what happens, but like it's not good. Like a movie that's based around cannibalism, like give me some grody cannibalistic horror shit. Oh, like there's that in it, but it's like a romantic cannibalism hmm. slash comedy. I don't, I would be okay with, like, um, just, like, romance in a horror, because there's, I think you can do, you can do romance in a horror movie very well, Mm-mm, but. Not this one, not, they, they yeah, fucked but it like up. You, uh, there's ways to do it properly, and not, like, no, don't, there's no room for, like, comedy in something like that. And the way the movie started, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and the way it ended, I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I'll honestly probably just wait for it to come out on, like, HBO Max or some shit. Um, but anyways, we got fucking sidetracked again. <laughs> See, this is why we need our just bullshit talk to yes. talk whatever podcast. Mm, yes. Um, what? Now it's trusted. Okay, bet. When it gets here, like I said, y'all, if we got an awkward pause in, like, the middle of a sentence or something, <laughs> we're going to get our food. Anyways, yes. so the case, like I said, is the Hi-Fi murder. So this um, this case happened. We're going back again to the 70s where all the fucking bullshit happened. 70s and 90s. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know if y'all just forgot the 80s. 70s <laughs> or if we just 90s, haven't like, covered any wild cases from the 80s. But like, If y'all have any ideas for any cases, good cases from the 80s, let us know. Yeah, for real. Follow the Instagram and send us a DM. <laughs> we did have one listener yes! who actually Shout DM'd out to us. that person. Yes, thank you. Who sent us some case recommendations that are on the list. We're definitely gonna do those. You'll get um, your we're gonna shout you out. Don't worry. We're yeah. Put your little I wanna say his name was Alex, but if it wasn't Alex, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do your shout out though when we do that case. Yeah. We'll I'll, get all of the actual yes, information yes. and do that. And I will actually make sure I know your name, but I feel like it was Alex, but I could be wrong because my, my life's been a shit show, so please don't ask me to remember any name yeah <laughs> right oh my god okay so all right let's just jump in we're going back to the evening of april 22nd 1973 on this <laughs> night two employees of the hi-fi home audio store in ogden utah were getting ready to close the shop what's out there mormons mormon yeah yeah doesn't utah utah's got a lot of mormons mm-hmm. yeah it, and polygamy Bully. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm, we can't go on this tangent again. No, like, <laughs> anyways, 
anyways. That's why this murder happened out I there. I know, I know, fuck. Um, okay, so the two employees that were closing the store were 18-year-old Sherry Ansley and 20-year-old Stanley Walker, and they were the only two people left in the store as they were closing it. Sherry had been hired just a week earlier, and she was wanting to get a job to save up for her wedding. She was getting married in August of 1974. Um, Stanley, he had been employed at the store for a little bit longer than Sherry had. And he was kind of like, you know, how they'll pair like an older employee with a newer employee to kind of like help them train and show them the ropes. So he was working with her on this closing shift, basically to train her as to how to close the store. So as they were finishing up their closing routine, um, all of a sudden three men just kind of come into the store. Um, they were immediately hostile so they're armed with handguns and the first thing they do is take sherry and stanley hostage sounds about right yeah and if that you know they've come in hot they do and suss things right away so sherry and stanley were taken down to the basement by two of the perpetrators where they were then bound and left while the men returned to the main store and began to rob it um shortly after the robbery began 16-year-old um, Byron Courtney Nasbitt, who most people just called Courtney, he entered the store with the intention of thanking Sherry and Stanley, who had actually let him park his car in the store parking lot while he ran some errands. And just as he entered the store, Courtney was accosted by the men robbing the store, and he was also taken to the basement to be tied up <laughs> with Sherry and Stanley. I wonder if they can, because I have a noise gate on right now to try to block out some background noise, but he screams so loud sometimes. <laughs> like, Ralph is a nuisance. He really is. So... <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> Ralph, stop it. We're Come trying on. to talk about true crime. Come on. He's like, don't talk about true crime. Pay attention to me. Just pick him up. He's going to sit on. there and whine. You got to pick Come him up. Here. You got to hold him like a baby. Ooh. Don't smack your mic. Mm. Don't do that. Come here. I'm just going to stand here. Jesus, bub. I can't tell if you are happy or not. Okay. So back into it. As Courtney gets into the store, like I said, he is immediately accosted by the men robbing the store. He's taken to the basement and tied up with Sherry and with Stanley. Um, when Stanley didn't come home that night around the time he was supposed to, his father, um, 43-year-old Oren Walker, he becomes very worried about his son. So he decides to go to the store and check out and see what's happening. Um, at the same time, Courtney's mother, 52-year-old Carol Nesbitt, she was also becoming very worried for her son when he didn't return home from his errands. So when Oren and Carol both respectively arrived and entered the store, they were also taken hostage um, and tied up in the basement. Great. So now they have five hostages. They have Sherry, they have Stanley, the two employees, they have Courtney, they have Stanley's dad, Oren, and Courtney's mother, Carol. Great. So after stealing as much high-value merchandise from the store as they could, two of the perpetrators turned their attention back to the hostages in the basement. He is a baby. He <laughs> is looking at you like, bitch. He, no, he's not looking at me. <laughs> um, so one of the men later identified as Dale Selby Pierre, he ordered the other man, who was later identified as William Andrews, to go and retrieve something from the van that they had brought to carry the stolen goods from the robbery. So Andrews goes out to the van and he returns with a bottle that they have wrapped in a paper bag. And inside this bottle, it's full of Drano. Ugh. Yeah, like 
for any of you who don't know what Drano is, it's that shit you put down your sink to, like, first of all, chemically burn clogs out of your drain. I need, speaking of that, I need to pick some up. <laughs> I put it down my shower drain Same. because of all the fucking the hair. hair that I lose. Yes. Yeah, it's clogged as and fuck. And now it's both me and my roommate, so it's... Oh, yeah, it's it's double. Yeah. But, yeah, they had a big bottle full of Drano. Um, Pierre, he takes that bottle full of Drano. He pours the Drano into a cup. And then he grabs Orin Walker and he attempts to make Orin give the cup to the other hostages to drink. And at this point, like, the hostages don't know it's Drano. The only people who know it's Drano is Pierre and Andrews. So Orin Walker refuses. So he was further bound, gagged, and they left him face down on the basement floor while Pierre proceeded to give the cup to the other hostages himself. Uh, Pierre and Andrews then prop the hostages into sitting positions and one by one forced them to drink the Drano. They told them that it was vodka laced with sleeping pills. So they were saying basically, just drink this. You're going to get drugged. You're going to get knocked out. So that, like, at first, um, I don't know which hostage they gave it to first, but they're probably like, fuck it, fine. I'll drink this shit. Like, knock me out. I don't care. Mm -hmm. They'll leave. And then, you know, we'll just have to try to get ourselves out of this. But the second they start to drink the Drano, immediately, immediately they know, like, something is wrong. Like, Almost right away after it touches their lips and hits the inside of their mouth, they get blisters that start to form on their lips, mm-hmm. on their what? tongues, oh. and on their th- in, in their throats. <laughs> Bubby, we're talking about some really gnarly shit, so you gotta I don't calm know what you down. Want. You're purring and yelling. That he's just he just likes to yell. Just ignore him. So <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Bitch." That offended him. But yeah, at- <laughs> listen, you might have to get down. He's looking at me, bub. I don't know what you want, buddy. I literally don't you know might what you have want. To get down. He's like, no, bub. Because my phone's off, do not disturb, and I can't really check it. Oh, oh yeah, you gotta just make him do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> he said, meh, meh. <laughs> Okay, anyways, so, yeah, the second they start to drink this Drano, immediately, like, chemical burns, blisters all over their mouths, their tongues, like, in their throats. The skin on their lips and the flesh around their mouth starts to peel away from the just acid and, like, the chemical burn of this Drano. (laughs) And they start to, like, they start to try to, like, puke it up, right? Mm -hmm. And, um... Sherry Ansley, so at this point, like, she sees what's happening around her, and she's, like, begging for her life, begging to not have to do this. They force her to drink it anyways, um, and, like, from accounts of this, from the people who were able to survive it, like, they said that she just, like, I don't know why it was significant, but the person was like, she coughed a little less than the rest of us. Like, it was easy for her to drink. Yeah, like, I don't know what they meant by that. But basically, so as they're, you know, taking this drain down, they're, they're coughing and they're, like, trying to puke it up. And mm-hmm. so what Pierre and Andrews do is they try to duct tape their mouths <laughs> closed so they can't, they can't, you know, vomit the fucking Drano up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that the, the duct tape, it wouldn't stay attached to their faces mm-hmm. because the oozing 
from the blisters prevented the adhesive of the tape from sticking to their skin. He's he's going to knock that thing down and I'm going to beat his ass. (sighs) Not really. I love him, but it's going to piss me off. Um, Just going to have to... Did you see that thing where you're supposed to scare your cats with the Yeah, you're supposed to chase them around with it. Um, So Oren, he was the last one to be given the Drano, but seeing (laughs) what was happening to the other hostages, he kind of like fake drank it. He like put it in his mouth and kind of like, you know, spit it out and let it fall out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. And then he faked the same convulsions and the screaming of Mm -hmm. the other hostages, Mm -hmm. you know, to make Pierre and Andrews think that he had drank the Drano. Mm -hmm. So he still got, like, burns around his mouth, but he wasn't in the same situation from the others because they had, like, actually legitimately ingested it. Right. So using the Drano, this was not satisfactory to Pierre and Pierre specifically. He was getting really aggravated that the hostages were just taking too long to die and that having them drink the Drano was just way too loud and a lot messier than he thought it was going to be. Which, you're making somebody drink fucking Drano. Do you think they're not going to throw it up? Duh. Duh. Fucking Because I drink this on the regular. Literally. My fucking cocktail of choice is Drano. Like, the fuck? People, like, literally, people who do this shit are so fucking dumb like oh my god you're throwing it up like what do you mean like it's so messy it's a lot it's a fucking chemical and you are brutally chemical burning their mouths and their throats and their fucking lips are peeling off and you think they're not gonna scream you think it's not gonna be gross and bloody like you're fucking dumb so to speed things up pierre took his gun and the first thing he does is he shoots courtney and carol nesbitt right in the back of the head great they're dead um, he then turned the gun on Oren Walker. Mm-hmm. He shot at him, but he missed. Oh. Pierre then goes and fatally shoots Stanley Walker before again shooting at Oren Walker. And this time the bullet just grazed the back of Oren's head, leaving him still alive. But he's bleeding at this point. So mm. it could be, you know, if he fakes dead well mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. they're going to think he's dead. Right. So after shooting, so they've shot everybody besides Sherry Ansley at this point. So Pierre turns his attention to her. He told Andrews basically to go fuck off for 30 minutes. Oh, man. Um, And when Andrews left, Pierre took Sherry to the far corner of the basement. He forces her at gunpoint to remove her clothes. And then he proceeds to rape her repeatedly over the next 30 minutes or so. After raping her, Pierre forced a still naked Sherry to use the bathroom while he watched before he took her back to where the other hostages lay in pools of their own blood. Mm. Pierre basically just, like, threw her on the ground, shoved her down to the ground, face first, and then just shot her execution style in the back of the head. Oh, my God. Sherry's last words before being shot were a plea for Pierre to spare her life. She said, I'm too young to die. Mm-hmm. After Pierre shot Sherry, he and Andrews were making to leave the basement and flee the store when they saw that Oren Walker was still breathing. Damn! So he didn't fake dead well enough. So Pierre was fucking furious that Oren Walker was still alive. Because he's thinking at this point, this motherfucker, I made him drink Drano, I've shot him twice, Mm -hmm. and he's got the audacity to still be alive. So the first thing he tries to do, he, like, grabs one of, like, the, um like a power wire or power cord mm. and he tries to strangle Oren with it. Um when this didn't work, Pierre and Andrews, they took a ballpoint pen. They put the pen into Oren Walker's ear and they stomped on that pen 
until it punctured Oren's eardrum, broke, and exited through his throat. Pierre and Andrews then went upstairs, finished loading equipment into their van, and they left. So the bodies, they were discovered almost three hours after this, when Oren's wife and his other son came to the store looking for him and for Stanley. Oren's son heard noises coming from the basement, and they basically kicked down the back door. And he kicked down the door while Mrs. Walker, she went and called the Ogden Police Department. Mm -hmm. Um, Stanley Walker and Sherry Ansley, they were already dead Mm -hmm. by the time the police got there. Carol Nesbitt, she was alive. She was taken to ambulance to St. Benedict's Hospital, which is now Ogden Regional Medical Center. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was essentially then pronounced dead on scene, so she didn't make the trip over there. Mm -hmm. Um, Courtney, although he was not expected to live, he survived um, with severe and irreparable brain damage. He was hospitalized for 266 days before he was released. Oren Walker survived with extensive burns to his mouth and chin, as well as the damage to his ear caused by the kicking of the ballpoint pen. Right. Hours after news of the crime broke, an anonymous Air Force employee called the Ogden Police Department and told them that Andrews had confided to him months earlier, quote, one of these days I'm going to rob that hi-fi shop, and if anybody gets in the way, I'm going to kill them. Uh. So these motherfuckers were active duty Air Force members. Oh my god. Yeah. Whores. <laughs> Y'all ain't shit. Not. That's why we support the Navy. No. Fuck yeah. That. We don't I don't support the military. Fuck all that. <laughs> <laughs> Got siblings that were in the Navy. <laughs> no, I mean that I don't know. I feel like I feel like the Navy's like the least harmless branch. Like they're just flying planes and sailing boats. Sailing boats. Sailing boats. <laughs> Isn't that like Top Gun? Aren't they in the Navy? I don't fucking know. I have no idea. Anyways. <laughs> so, a Ooh, few hours. Here. Yay. Um, a few hours after police get that call, Toonie, 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 two teenage boys, they were dumpster diving near Hill Air Force Base. Um, this is where Pierre and Andrews were stationed. These boys contacted the police after they discovered the victim's wallets and purses in that dumpster, and they recognized the pictures from their driver's licenses. The detective who responded to the scene, believing the killers might be in the crowd, he basically put on, like, a very theatrical show for all the airmen that had gathered there to watch the evidence be pulled out of the dumpster. Mm -hmm. So he's speaking very loudly, very dramatically. As each piece of evidence comes out, he's, like, waving it in the air. He's like, look, we found this, and we found this. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're picking it out with tongs, right? Mm -hmm. So he's, like, pulling it. He's got it in tongs. He's like, we found this. So he's purposely being very, very theatrical because he thinks, like, it's going to, and he was right with this, we'll find, it's going to cause a reaction Mm -hmm. from the guilty parties. So... Later, he noted that, like, most of the service personnel who were gathered around the dumpster, they were majority standing still and just watching in relative silence because they're very, like, in trances of what's happening, but they're not going to be freaking out, like, oh, shit, they're finding all this stuff because you're not going to freak out that they're finding evidence unless you were one of the people involved in it. Right. So he sees that of all of the servicemen gathered around, there were two men who were later identified as Pierre and Andrews who were pacing around the crowd, speaking loudly and making frantic gestures with their hands. So very clearly in juxtaposition to the rest of the people that are just kind of gathered around watching what's going on. Jesus Christ. 
So based on this reaction and other airmen who came forward implicating them, um, Dale Selby Pierre, William Andrews, and Keith Leon Roberts, he was the driver of the getaway van. They were arrested and charged with first-degree murder and aggravated robbery. Investigators, they were never able to obtain enough evidence to, conti- or to convict three other unident- unidentified men who were involved in the crime. So six total men, but they only were able to get evidence for Pierre Andrews and... Um, Keith, Keith Roberts. God, Jesus Christ. So the joint trial of Pierre Andrews and Roberts for first degree murder and robbery began on October 15th, 1974 in Farmington, which was in the neighboring Davis County. Orrin Walker was called to testify against his assailants and recalled the absolute harrow, absolutely harrowing ordeal in as much detail as he could muster on the stand. Um, though Courtney, too, had survived the gunshot to the head, he was crippled with severe brain damage and amnesia. So he didn't really remember a lot of what had happened. Where the fuck is this? So. Where is this? They put it on the fucking front porch. Okay. Our food's here. We gotta pause. pause. We'll be back. BRB. <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> we're back. That food was Busted. I know. Yeah, that shit was... <laughs> holy shit. Dude, we got some of those Cinnabon Delights, man. If y'all have never had those things, you're missing the fuck out. So, recap of what we had. We had a cheesy gordita crunch, but the one with the Doritos taco in it. Hell yeah. We had this potato taco, spicy potato taco thing. Hell the spice. It was good. Um, Nacho fries, those shit. Oh, crack. Crack. Baby. And then we had the Cinnamon Delight things, which, by the fucking way, this is the best Taco taco Bell I think I might have uh, ever had. Yeah, dude. It was clutch. And it was DoorDash. Though, what, hey, hey, Taco Bell, if you're listening, um, I'm going to need you to make a, like, medium-sized Cinnabon Delights because you can only get two or, like, 12. Yeah, I need I need need something in the middle. I need, like, like a six-pack. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Two, six, twelve. Because we could have got a six pack. Right, together. and split it. Yeah, exactly. Like three of those. Like but two, two or twelve. Is not enough. Two is not enough. I don't want to eat twelve is six. too many. I don't right. want to I'm eat not six. eating six of those. I, I could. I could eat six of those. Not all myself. But Absolutely I not. would feel sick as hell. Because I'm Definitely I've done that before. I got a twelve pack and I ate like six of them in one sitting and I felt like I was gonna vomit. But I couldn't stop. But I'm not gonna lie, yeah, Taco Bell. Bussin. I am so glad we got to talk about. Bussin. So good. Holy. Not can't wait to go to sleep. I know, right? Food coma. So we just got to finish this shit. But I got to go home and shower because my hair is fucking crunchy because <laughs> all the hair is in my hair. Crunchy. Mm-hmm. Crunchy. Anyways. All right. We'll pick up where we left off. But and back story, to where we... That talk about was fucking clutch. Now we're back. All right. <laughs> so we left off, again, kind of going into a little bit about the trial of Pierre Andrews and Roberts, who was their getaway driver. So I did mention that Oren Walker was called to testify on Courtney Nesbitt. They did want him to testify, but... Again, he had such severe brain damage and he had a lot of amnesia surrounding the event. So understandably so, he got shot in the fucking head. Literally. So he couldn't testify because he just couldn't, you know, efficiently recall the events of what happened enough to the point they would need him to to be able to be a reliable witness for the prosecution. So while they didn't have Courtney testify, 
they did have Courtney's father, um, Byron Hunter Nesbitt, he testified for the prosecution, and he recalled having to identify the body of his wife, Carol, as well as the pain of seeing his son, Courtney, so horribly injured and in a coma. Mm. So then Courtney was in the hospital for, like, what did I say, 266 days? Yeah. So, during the trial, it was revealed that Pierre and Andrews had robbed the store with the intention of killing anyone they came across. And in the months prior to the robbery, they had been looking for a way to commit the murders quietly and cleanly. Well, that didn't fucking work. I know, right? So, the two, they had repeatedly watched a film called Magnum Force. So, this movie, it had come out in 1973. Um, And in this movie, there's a scene in which a sex worker, she is forced to drink Drano and is then shown just immediately dropping dead. Uh, So Pierre and Andrew saw this. They're like, yo, that's that's so quick. We got to do that. Because this is a movie. Literally, no fucking common sense. They think that they're going to have actual humans in a real world scenario and just a fucking chemical chemical like that and they're just going to drop dead and have no aftermaths. But they were stupid enough (laughs) To see this in the movie, and they're like, hmm, that's going to be our method for murdering all these people we come across in the hi-fi store. That's why they were in the Air Force. Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry if there's anybody listening to this in the Air Force. I'm sure you're lovely people. And I'm sure you're plenty smart. But those ones, not But these ones were not. These ones are absolutely not. So, after watching Magnum Force and seeing that scene with the Drano, Pierre and Andrews decided that that would be their method of Murdering. 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 Why do I feel like that sounded weird? Yeah, why do I feel like that sounded weird? Their method of Of murder. murder. Yes. This would be... It would be method of murdering people. Yeah. But the method of murder, if we're going to stop there. You're right. You're right. And I literally, in my notes, I have it wrote as, this would be an efficient method of murder. But for some reason, I just added an ing onto the end of that. Fuck it. The Taco Bell's fucking with my brain. It's 9 o'clock. <laughs> it's, sorry, it's, it's late. Sorry. It's so, late. It's Thursday. It is. Oh, my God. Fuck it. Oh, oh. speaking of Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, we have, um, this is actually, it's called White Trash Sangria. Yeah. So, it is um, sweet white wine mixed with a Smirnoff seltzer. It's good as fuck. Y'all should try it. What do we have? Pineapple seltzer, right? Yes. Bing! <laughs> it didn't really work as well as I wanted to, but like. <laughs> so, yeah, they decided to use this as their method of murder. And so that's why they had that big <laughs> bottle full of Drano in the van that Pierre had told Andrews to go fetch when they first went down to the basement with all the hostages. Go fetch the Drano. Go fetch the Drano. Go bring me the Drano. Why, why, why was he Romanian? <laughs> go. Because I feel like. The, the I feel like. No, no, that was, that like was Italian. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and I even did the Italian. And thing. But it's like. It's like Igor. Go eat the drain. Go eat the drain. <laughs> <laughs> So, on November 16th, 1974, Pierre and Andrews were convicted of all charges, um, and Roberts was convicted of only robbery. Four days later, Pierre and Andrews were sentenced to death, and Roberts was sentenced to five years to life imprisonment, and he actually ended up getting- Five, you said? Five years, I know, five years to life imprisonment. Like, that's a big gap. (laughs) You're either going to get five years- Or life. Or life. Honestly, though, like in in a lot of like life, it life imprisonment is a very like misleading term because typically it means like twenty five years. You're gonna have that five. Yeah, but I mean, like life sentences. That's why you'll see like 
in a lot of sentences, you think like people will get like five consecutive life sentences and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like one life sentence should be good enough. But a life, quote unquote, life sentence is like 25 to 30 years. So in a lot of like really horrific cases in which like they don't have the death penalty, um, they will stack life sentences one on top of the other to ensure that that person is never getting out of prison. Next caption for the shirt or hoodie should be fetch the drain. <laughs> fetch the drain. Oh. With this. <laughs> yeah, with a little Italian hand. <laughs> and just put like three R's in there. Drain. Fetch the drain. drain. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So Roberts, he was sentenced to five years to life imprisonment. Um, He did end up getting paroled in 1987. Uh, of course he did. Well, he was he was the getaway driver. He didn't do anything oh, to the hostages. Which one's the one that got robbery? Roberts. But wasn't he there for the murder? No. It was Pierre and Andrews. He, Roberts was in the van the entire time. And it okay. was Pierre and Andrews who actually committed the murders. But Roberts got roped into this because, again, there were three other men involved in this in the robbery portion that mm-hmm. they could never identify. Um, but it was only Pierre and Andrews that actually had gone in with the intention of murdering people. Yes. So they, and then like Keith Roberts was, you know, just, I don't want to say like wrong place, wrong time, because he definitely made the conscious decision to be there. But yeah, he did not participate in the murders in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. He was just the driver of the van that they used to load the stolen goods in and and drove Pierre Dangers away. I didn't try to like get him with like accessory to murder, you know? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of like accessory he probably he probably had a really good really good um Blair. defense that he did not know mm-hmm. that they had just committed these murders mm-hmm. because he's thinking so we are just, just going to rob this store I'm just driving this van mm-hmm. and then like the murders honestly like the thing that took the longest time was um, and also I'm surprised they didn't get more because they were in the military usually well, they're really hard on people in the military yeah, for that, shit like that. Because I mean, they're, like, making an example. Because, well, like, you're Pierre and Andrews be in got sentenced to death. Yes. But, like, <laughs> also, you knew that they, this is still a crime. You knew that they were going to rob, rob the story. You're in the military. You're supposed to be representing. Yeah. Honestly, I almost feel like it's kind of backwards where they would have gotten less being had this gone to, like, a military tribunal. True. But sentenced to death. Damn. Yeah. So, Pierre, Pierre and Andrews get sentenced to death. Roberts gets five to life <laughs> and gets out in 1987. Five to life. Maybe life. Um, <laughs> yes, and he, he does. He does get out in 1987. Um, so the official police report stated that six black men driving two vans committed the robbery. Roberts and another man remained with the cars and two others loaded the vans while Pierre and Andrews tortured and killed their victims. Um, however, detectives, again, they only had enough evidence to convict Pierre, Andrews, and Roberts. Ogden Police Department officer Delroy White, who was a detective when he worked the case, observed, quote, Andrews was the brains behind the whole ordeal, the one who organized it. Pierre was the enforcer. Pierre was 21 years old at the time of the crime. He was born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago, and he moved to Brooklyn, New York when he was 17. In May of 1973, Pierre entered... Bro, you were in the States for four years and you decided to do this shit? I know, seriously. And he had had just entered (laughs) active service with the Air Force in May of 1973. Like... Bro. Come on, dude. Bro. (laughs) Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. 
Um, so he did. He entered active service in May of 1973 and in September 1973 was transferred to Hill Air Force Base as a helicopter mechanic. Um, Pierre became the prime suspect in the October 5th, 1973 murder of another person named Edward Jefferson, who was an Air Force sergeant at Hill Air Force Base, although police lacked enough evidence to ever file charges against him for this crime. But he was the number one suspect for it. So this was not the first time that he murdered people. He had a track record for it. Great. So William Andrews, he was 19 at the time of the robbery and the murders. They were young. They were all very young. Oh my Pierre, god, bro, you just graduated. I know. Pierre was the oldest at 21. Ugh. Um, See, this is why you don't let fucking kids into the military. <laughs> I don't think be them being in the military had anything to do with you this crime. They were just... I don't care. Like... I don't care. <laughs> whether they were in the military or not, they would have done this. I think they were probably mm. expecting... To get away with it a bit more because that's they were in the saying, military. Like, mm, I feel like that's debatable. I feel like the one, the 21-year-old, probably would have. Yeah. But the other one probably would not have. But I mean, and like... the getaway driver probably would have never been involved. Andrews was, like, the brain behind the operation. He came but up with the entire plan. He came up with it, but you said the other one was the enforcer. Yeah. So he might have thought it, but never done it. Because he was too fucking chicken shit to do it. Yeah, but I mean, Andrews was the one. Like, who how many said, people do you think are out there that think about actually legitimately planning out a murder and just never do it because they're too scared? Probably a lot of people. <laughs> so, like, but like, we got to remember too on this one. There was also that. Remember, there was like um some sort of like testimony or a statement from somebody who knew Andrews that had said, like he had previously said, I'm going to rob this store and kill yes. everybody inside mm-hmm. it. So I honestly, I, I Keith Roberts, in my opinion, would not have done something like right. this. If he didn't get roped in with Pierre and Andrews, I do think Pierre and Andrews friends. would have done it regardless. Definitely the one that's like, I'm going to murk all these people. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre and Andrews, 110%, I think, would have done this mm-hmm. one way or the other, whether it was this hi-fi shop or whether they just murdered different people together. Um, so Just like those two fucks that were in jail and met each other in prison and got out and murdered all those fucking girls. Because oh, they were planning yeah, yeah, the yeah, murders. The, in the, 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 the toolbox. Toolbox murders. Yes. Um, fuck, what, why can't I remember their names? Roy, 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 fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm blanking. You said Roy, Roy, Roy. Why am I blanking so hard in their names? Whatever. If y'all wanted or curious, just go back a couple episodes. Oh my god, yeah. It's a couple episodes. It's it's the Toolbox Murders. It's a (laughs) two-parter. That one's wild. Um, Anyways, so Andrews, um, again, he was 19 at the time of the robbery and murders, and his death conviction it was considered very controversial at the time because he did not directly kill any of the victims um though he did admit to forcefully administering the drano but he was not it was pierre who had pulled the gun and shot everybody and also brutally raped sherry ansley before he murdered her as well so typically with like death convictions they're gonna come with a capital offense right and First degree murder, 110%, that's capital offense. But the reason Andrews's conviction was so controversial is because can you find him guilty of capital first degree murder mm-hmm. when he did not actually, actually murder them? He, He's 110% an accessory to the crime. Because he forcefully put the Drano in the mouth. Yeah. 
like he definitely tortured them. He yes. definitely, but it's the question of does that warrant? But clearly, a death sentence. Clearly, they were like, "Fuck yes." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this was also. We'll get into this. Three black defendants, true, and an all white jury. Ah, uh, um, I mean, like that shitty portion, but like they. They committed the crime. Right. So, like, like, they definitely <laughs> still fucked up. It's yes. just the question of should Pierre, I, he should, send right. it, he deserved it. But the it. other one, should he have gotten yes. death penalty or just, like, Exactly. Left? Like, he, I could make the argument that he should have been given life imprisonment. Right. Um, Roberts, <laughs> he was also 19 at the time of the crime. He was acquitted of murder after the court found that he had no role in nor knowledge of the murder. So, that's why he just got um, the robbery charge. Mm-hmm. So, on November 20th, 1974, Pierre and Andrews were given three death sentences, which is, that's fucking excessive. You three, only you can kill, kill somebody give, once. Literally, just give them. So, they got a death sentence for each of their victims. So, one for Sherry, one for Stanley, one for Carol. Jesus Christ. Um, while that in prison, Pierre changed his name 27 times. Why? Reportedly, to protect his family name from notoriety. And he finally settled on Pierre Dale Selby as his legal name, which is just a mix up of his fucking name because it's Dale Selby Pierre is his fucking name. So he just goes Pierre Dale Selby. He just. Are you fucking kidding me? He literally just flip flopped it around. See, this man is not bright. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, if you're going to change your name because you want to protect your family name, it has to be completely different. Yes. You go from like fucking Dale Selby Pierre to like. If you wanted to keep some John Jacob fucking Jingleheimer Schmidt, I don't know. <laughs> if you wanted to keep some, <laughs> if you wanted to keep some portion of your original, it should have been like Dale Smith. Exactly, exactly. Ain't nobody gonna know who Dale Smith is. No. There's a million and ten Dale and Smiths in the world. Definitely gonna think you're white. Yeah, <laughs> that too. I mean, honestly, Dale Selby Pierre sounds white as fuck. Yeah, it sounds French. It the Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> what the Why do I know? Why do I do this? <laughs> It sounds French, Italian here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So it's just because Pierre's in there. When somebody Selby is, kind of comes. Selby Selby makes me think like Southern. Yeah, but Pierre definitely sounds French. Oh, hundred and ten percent. Dale's Pierre. like Dale makes me think fucking redneck crackhead. Fucking playing like a washboard. <laughs> Man, the washboard. And your flies, your best friend. (laughs) No. (laughs) You've got like six flies as your friends. (laughs) Like, Like, this is Ronald, this is Gerald. He plays the triangle. He plays the triangle. (laughs) We're a whole backyard trail park band. (laughs) He's got like four teeth. No. (laughs) Two on top, two on bottom. I love how we're just picking apart the name. (laughs) Pierre is like, Oh, monsieur. I know, Pierre's like, monsieur. Why, my... Como ça va? Again, with the fucking Italy hand. <laughs> this is just my European Selby hand. Selby is like... Selby? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Selby, but Dale. Dale's like, hey, y'all. Dolly. It's <laughs> Pitbull. <laughs> hey, Dolly. Miss Worldwide. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh my god. Fuck. Sorry. Jesus. Okay. So when you're sentenced to death, you do get to have a clemency hearing to see if the sentence will hold or if it could possibly be reduced. Like clemency is basically taking mercy on someone. Do you have something out there that maybe one of the cats shouldn't have? I don't think so. Because I hear this. It's probably one of them in their litter box, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. 
But no, there's nothing out there that it would be terribly horrible if they had. Okay. Um, Bubby might eat a string or two, but he always pukes it up. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> at Pierre's clemency hearing, he said that he had a strict upbringing, which I don't know what that had to do with any of this. And he was saying that he was a changed man. Um, at the hearing, Pierre said, quote, the crime took a course of its own. Are they own. saying, like, strict so he rebelled? I don't like, know. This was he, his just, rebellion he just stage? felt like he had to mention that he had a strict upbringing. <clears throat> but his thing was mostly, like, I'm a changed man. And he says, he's talking about, like, basically, he says, quote, the crime took a course of its own. It wasn't planned that way. People kept coming in and I just panicked. The only way to prevent what happened was to have been moved away from the Air Force entirely. Of course, the alcohol and the pills I was consuming didn't help. Valiums, reds, black beauties, and yellow jackets. Everyone has a limit beyond which they won't go. Drugs, etc. can alter that limit. I tell myself, you have to accept a responsibility for it. You did it. You were there. You can't rationalize it. So he basically said, I was on drugs. The drugs made me do it. It's the drugs. It was drugs. First of all, you have some sort of of rationality in your brain yeah. even though you're on drugs there's some little part of your brain that says in the fact that he's like it just took a course of its own no it didn't <clears throat> you brought that drano there because you had the intention of killing and you were literally people. talking about it yes so like when he's like in the fact that he was like um what did he say he was like we didn't in the fact that they watched that movie and then it was that movie that gave them the idea. And they went, you had to, at any point, from the point where you went to the store, bought that Drano, put it in that paper bag, mm-hmm. brought it into the store, poured it into the cup, mm-hmm. you could have made the decision to not do that. Yes. And and they just kept going. Um, so, yeah, he's like, it was the drugs that made me do it. He's like, I never would have done this, but I was on drugs, mm-hmm. and that's why I did it. Um, however, though, Andrews is like, he didn't do drugs. Like, I never uh, saw him drink or like, do drugs. He's lying. Literally. <laughs> he was like, he's full of shit. So, um, Oren Walker, he came back to testify during the clemency hearing. He called Pierre a sadist, and he said that he deserved to die. Facts. He said, quote, after he shot Mrs. Nesbitt first, then he was kind of prancing or walking in a manner that I got the impression he was kind of enjoying what he was doing. Mm. This had been hard for me. It's hard for me to believe that I was ever involved with this. My son Stanley's life was taken with two shots in Drano. He tried five different times to kill me. Each one could have been lethal. It certainly has changed our lives. So, Orton Walker's like, fuck that guy. Literally. Put him in the chair. Literally. Which, understandably. I would have too. Because not only did it, these men murder Your his son, child. He, they tried to very violently murder you. Exactly. Like, the... The kicking of the pen in the ear, like, that literally, like, my, I just, literally. like, I got chills. Like, mm-hmm. my skin just crawled. Like, it is also like the fucking toolbox. Yes, with the ice pick in the ear. It's mm-hmm. pissing me off that I can't remember their fucking, Roy Norris. That was one of them. Ooh, who was the other one? Girl, I don't know. I'm terrible with names. I don't remember, but Roy Norris was one of them. Mental, I can't even remember. My mental health issues are taking over right <laughs> now. mental health issues are taking over. Well, at least I got Roy. <laughs> Roy! Roy, 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 fuck! <laughs> um, so, understandably so, Pierre was denied clemency. They said, go fuck yourself. Literally. Um, he was executed by lethal injection on August 28th, 1987, at the age of 34. Damn. 
that long? Yeah, death. Honestly, death sentence. You have. I mean, yeah, you have people sitting take, on death row, and some for, of them will just die of natural yeah, causes. Yeah, they literally get so old <clears throat> just sitting on death row that they just fucking croak. Well, at least so. they didn't get death row, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So at the time of his death, Pierre bequeathed all of his money, which was $29. So he had to his name. My brain was like, bitch, what did you just say? Bequeathed? I thought you said bequeathed. Bequeathed. (laughs) Bequeathed. All of his money, $29 worth of it, to Andrews. Um, Pierre declined a last meal. Instead, choosing to spend his final day fasting, praying, singing hymns, and reading the Bible. These motherfuckers are always born-again Christians. Every time. Every I found God. Everybody on death God death. will forgive. Except me. for the real, true, like evil ones. They're like, nah, fuck y'all. Literally, literally. They're like, I did what I did. I did what exactly. I mm-hmm. did what I did. I nope. I don't need forgiveness. But yeah, it's Take always me people out. like I've been forgive y'all. Oh my God, uh, forgive my please, sins. Please forgive me. <laughs> it's like God is gonna. God is first of all gonna shove send you straight to hell, ass, kicking you to hell. Satan <laughs> like, might be your best friend. <laughs> seriously like you're gonna get like a fucking spit shoved up your asshole and get roasted over a fire for all eternity for what you oh man you're gonna have to spend eternity fucking chugging drano bitch literally so um at his execution of course they give you the chance to say your final words mm-hmm. and pierre's last words were quote thank you i'm just going to say my prayers the deseret news reports that pierre said to no one in particular moments before his execution quote I'll be glad when this is over. At Andrews's clemency hearing, his lawyers pointed to his age at the time of the crime and argued that he was on drugs as well at the time of the crime. Everybody's on fucking drugs. Everybody's on drugs, apparently. They also said he he was a changed man. Um, even though Andrews's prison record showed repeat violations for <laughs> setting fires, oh my concealing God. makeshift weapons, <clears throat> possessing drugs and alcohol. Planning escapes and assaulting guards. But he's a changed man, right? He's a changed man. He did not help his case whatsoever. So it really goes to show, like, this is why when you go to jail and do things to put you in prison, like, you really need to think about this because there's people in there that are in there for life. Yes. They have literally nothing to lose. Yup. So what the fuck makes you think that they won't kill you? Literally. You don't piss off a lifer in prison because they have nothing to fucking lose. Literally nothing. They're going to be in there until they die anyway. What are they going to do? Get shoved in the hole for a couple months? You're still in fucking prison. That's a vacation. Right. They get to hang out in solitary for a couple months away from the fucking gen pot? Yeah. Cool. You don't fuck with lifers in prison. They do not give a shit. They are already in there for the rest of their fucking lives. Mm -hmm. They will shank you mm-hmm. in the fucking throat. And not care because they are, care. what are they going to do? Get another life right, sentence on top of their four? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Fucking put me in prison? Ooh, I'm already, I'm already here. here. Oh, look at you. That's a threat. <laughs> put me in a different prison? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> put me in a bigger, bigger prison? Yeah, no. I feel like, like, if I was a lifer, like, at that point, I'd be like, fuck it. That's why, like, I've, it's so funny because I'll find myself on, like, prison talk sometimes. Mm. And there's this guy who he spent, I think, like, 15 years in prison for something. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, like, somebody had asked him, they're like, oh, like, what are, like, some of, like, the unspoken rules of prison that, mm-hmm. like, no matter what walk a prisoner comes from, like, they understand. And he said is like, there is just inherent respect for lifers. Mm-hmm. And you don't fuck with the lifers. Mm-mm. Because they have no, nothing to lose. I wouldn't either. I'd be like, y'all, you about to be my bestie. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'd be like, hey, buddy. 
Bessie, you want to like braid each other's hair? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what you, you, what you, you got? What you got? You want trade? You want my lunch? You want to send me for lunch? What you doing today? So just like one, literally, you don't fuck with lifers. But like, I feel like lifers are also like the unsung heroes because they're always the ones that are like fucking murking like the child predators and the rapists because they don't give a fuck. Exactly, they don't care. They don't care. And if you are a trash ass person, that's somebody who probably in and of themselves committed like a generally brutal crime to get life in prison without the chance of parole, and they think you are the scum of the fucking earth. Yes. Then you know you're the scum of the fucking earth. Literally. You know. Mm-hmm. Dude, prison justice just be hitting sometimes. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, please put them in Gen Pop. Please, right, I know. Just please put them out in Gen Pop and let them get what's coming to them. Um, so Andrews was also denied clemency, <laughs> and he was executed again by lethal injection on July 30th, 1992, at the age of 37, 18 years after he was convicted. He spent 18 years on death row. <laughs> his last uh, meal, <laughs> His last meal was a banana split. Which he shared with his niece and his sister. Andrews' last words were, quote, Thank those who tried so hard to keep me alive. I hope they continue to fight for equal justice after I'm gone. Tell my family goodbye, and I love them. Roberts, he was paroled on May 12th, 1987, after nearly 13 years in prison. Jesus Christ. And he moved to Chandler, Oklahoma, to live with his relatives. And sadly, he died by suicide on oh. August 8th, 1992, See, barely a week after Andrews' execution. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's if that's related, but I do I Maybe do he feel... was, like, low-key in love with him. <laughs> or just had fucking PTSD from spending 13 years in prison. Um, a I mean, lot of people, too, they get out. But, like, that's very coincidental that it was a week after he Yeah, died. I feel like he definitely did that purposely. I feel mm. like probably, like, Andrews' exec- execution, because you know when somebody gets executed, <clears throat> the crime is going to be brought back up. All the media coverage is going to be brought mm, back up. True. And yeah. Keith Roberts' name is attached to all right. of that. Right. So, and a lot of people, too, like, people who spent that amount of time in prison have a very difficult time readjusting yeah, to society. Very institutionalized. Yes. And so I think he just had a ton, you He's know, like, a ton of different factors, but definitely like the execution and mm-hmm. the the crime being brought up again, all the media coverage, mm-hmm. you know, even because he moved even, but I mean, I'm like, he on, was in love with him. It's like, I know you're, you're like, gay. <laughs> <laughs> he was in love with him. He had to be. He was in love with him. He totally His had to boyfriend be. killed him. Died. <laughs> he is now sad because and he was in prison because of this man. <laughs> had to be. But yeah, he, I, I, it's sad, but it's kind of like what other route would it have gone for this this poor yeah, guy yeah it is definitely sad especially because he was just the driver exactly like if if <clears throat> anybody deserved like some clemency it should have been it should have been him it definitely should have been him um, especially because he had no knowledge exactly he had no idea like yes he and it was like like yes, he I would have been there for the I don't think he went inside like, the store. Like, like I don't even know if he even went like, in the yes, store. Yes, he knew about the robbery, but like he didn't know about exactly. The he was not expecting this. Look at us to trying happen. to fucking rationalize a criminal. <laughs> I mean, there's there's definitely you know there's there's, there's yeah, definitely there's a spectrum. Levels. Yes, there's, levels. there's different levels. He was not violent in no. this, and he I was, think, and he was literally he didn't even rob the store. He just drove. Right, exactly. He was like he definitely like, I don't want to like rob the store with you guys, right? But I'll drive you guys. But in the grand scheme of things, I uh, there's definitely a lot of like racial injustice Which in is this shit. case, a hundred and ten percent. Like there's if, no way for being the driver of if robbery, he was white, he probably would have gotten out in like three the years. five years, the the original five years. He probably would have gotten out early for like good behavior or some bullshit. Literally. 
But, like, that is really some bullshit, especially because he was, one, literally just a driver. Mm -hmm. He thought there was only going to be a robbery. Yes. And he had no clue after the fact that they had murdered people. Yeah, literally. He just thought they were done and drove. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, he he definitely, like... Yeah, that's some bullshit. Especially having an all-white jury, that was not... But it was the 70s, so in that time, like, shit was still fucked up. We'll get into that a little Mm -hmm. bit. So, before their executions, both Pierre and Andrews, they were, like, notoriously hated prisoners at the Utah Utah State Prison. Um, And they were particularly reviled on death row. So, even amongst other death row inmates people hated these guys did that have something to do with their race maybe probably probably um but they were particularly very hated on death row um in 1977 actually convicted murder gary gilmore he was reported to have said quote i'll see you in hell pierre and andrews as he passed their cells on the way to his own execution by firing squad holy shit yeah. <laughs> Imagine you're getting killed by firing squad and the last thing you, you have say to say is, I'll these people, see you in hell. I'll see you two motherfuckers in hell. Literally. Not anybody else on death row. You two. That just goes to show like how mm. much people did not like these two guys. Because yeah. they were like they were up to shit in prison too, like both of them. So whether yes. that had something to do with them being disliked, <clears throat> also their race definitely probably played a factor. And I didn't even talk about this. They were two black men and all of their victims were white. Oh shit. Yeah. And they had an all-white jury, so they were like, oh, yes. you killed all white people? Yeah. They're like, you're going to fry for that, basically. Mm-hmm. So, nah, nah man. Like, y'all fucked up. I know, I know. Y'all so, should have murdered some, yeah. some <laughs> different races in there. One of one of the, like, most long-lasting legacies and one of the things that this murder case is specifically known for are those accusations of racial bias in the sentencing and the, the prosecution of the case. So, following the sentences, the NAACP and Amnesty International called for the sentences to be revoked due to racial bias at the trial. They noted that the defendants were both black and the victims and jury were all white. According to Amnesty International, the sole black member of the jury pool was stricken preemptorily by the prosecution during jury selection. However, it was revealed that the juror was dismissed because he was a law enforcement officer who personally knew, quote, just about everyone tied to the case. So he was a reasonable strike from the jury, but it still raises an eyebrow that the only possible black juror you had was rejected. But also, def- like, the defense, I'm pretty sure, has the opportunity to, like, veto certain decisions on the jury, I think. But... You would know better than me. I mean, if if you have a... Regardless of their race, a juror who's a law enforcement officer is like, I pretty much know everything about this case. They're not impartial. You can't have them on the jury. Yeah. So, um, according to... Oh, I already read that. That was the thing about the black member of the jury. Um, in addition, lawyers for the state pointed out that the jury makeup made perfect sense given Ogden's demographics. Um, the city was overwhelmingly white at the time, and it was not intentional that they had an all-white jury. Nah. Andrews also accused the judicial system of racism following the NAACP's request for reduced sentences. In an interview he had with USA Today, he claimed that he had never intended to kill anyone. Which one did you say to that? Andrews. This was later rebutted when detectives cited a statement by Andrews in which he admitted being the one who purchased the Drano and brought it to the store on the night of the killings. So, yeah, they're like, if you never intended to kill anybody, why did you get, that? Why did you get the thing that you thought was going to kill these people? And he's like, oh. <laughs> Stupid. So, 
After Pierre's execution, a petition for a stay of Andrews's execution was submitted to the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights. The Inter-American Commission petition alleged that a handwritten note that said, quote, hang the N-words had been found in the jury area during a recess. Oh, my God. And that the judge had refused a request for a mistrial and a right to question jurors concerning the note. Absolutely. Because what the fuck? Yeah. And the judge just, like, dismissed that. Regardless of what they did, like... That's clearly showing... Racism. Very clear racism and racial bias. Um, Despite these appeals, again, as we know, both death sentences were upheld. In December 1996, the Inter-American Commission found that the United States had violated its international obligations by denying William Andrews a trial free from racial discrimination. Which is too little too late. Literally. He's dead. (laughs) <laughs> he's dead so, so i mean you fucked up in one way shape or form all three of the men who were convicted of this crime ended up dead yeah. two executed one died by suicide yep so yeah i 110 percent think there was a lot of racial bias at play Absolutely. here i believe i honestly like i'm very 50 50 on the death penalty there's definitely so much racial I... bias that plays into that though i think Pierre deserved it in this case. <laughs> I think Andrews definitely should have been granted some sort of clemency. He should have just got life. Life. Uh, yeah, he 110% yeah. should have just gotten life in prison without parole. I think My Pierre definitely should have gotten the fucking penalty, chair. Like, I'm for the death penalty for people who are legitimately guilty yeah. of very violent crimes. Yes, that's what I think. I think there are definitely some cases in which... Like, people are like, oh, let them sit and think about what they did. When you have, like, a sick motherfucker who gets, like, Bro, he's in there thinking about murder. In satisfaction about reliving and thinking about his murder. what's he going to do in prison? Murder more people? Literally. Because like, he's already got life in prison. That's not going to be a punishment for him. Those sorts of people enjoy the notoriety. They like being able to talk about what they did. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about death penalty, we should cut off the penises of child rapists and molesters gone you don't get that anymore you don't you don't get that anymore you're fine oh oh that's what you want to do gone gone you don't get that because when you get out you can't do it again chop chop bitch Mm -hmm. i would agree to that and chop off off. their fingers cut it off fingers too fuck your life and (laughs) blinded (laughs) you can't look either honestly i think that child predators and rapists part of their punishment should be to have done to them what they did to their victim I mean, like, I feel like that kind of low-key kind of happens in the yeah. prison system because once they're in Gen Pop. Yeah, but a lot of the times they don't get put in Gen Pop. They put in protect. They get put in protective custody. <sighs> and like prison, the maybe prison part system, of their maybe part of their thing should be that child molesters and rapists cannot not be put in Gen Pop. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like another side to that moral discussion is like, you know, yes, they committed this. Like, and God, I think they should fucking beat murder but the side of the debate is yes they committed this horrendous crime but <laughs> does that give another person the right to decide that they should be dead like another i'm not necessarily I'm saying. saying dead but i'm saying chop off a dick it's a or two in a box. <laughs> it's a coil in a box she hopped in there too she hopped in that box she sure did um but like chopping off fingers dicks yeah. balls anything an eye for an eye man thanks you use your dick to Violently do that. Someone. Goodbye. You don't Kiss get it anymore. Goodbye. You don't get it anymore. 
Kiss your dick. Because guess what? When you get out, you're not about to do it again. Yeah, nah. Because you're going to get out. Literally. And those people are 110% repeat offenders because they're Mm. sick in the fucking head. Literally. Ugh. Disgusting. Ugh. Pedophiles suck. Die. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? She said. She did Italian the Italian hand. She said. Italians, I fucking hate Americans. Like we don't do. If anybody from Italy is listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If anybody of any of the the nationalities that we have been talking about, like the French too. <laughs> well, we didn't say anything bad about the French. We no, just we were just like sounding very French. Like Monsieur, Monsieur, comment ça va? Ça va bien? Then, <laughs> I mean, Was I mean, there's some version of French. I don't know. I mean, there's so some French cool Southern how many people. Years in high school and can barely remember any. Literally, French I'm like, huh? Bonjour. I know more Spanish than I know French at this point. I, yeah, dude. I, I mean, took French forever. I know. I even went to fucking France. <laughs> Girl, I'm so good at French. And I, I just, know. I'm like, I like, what? Our French <laughs> teacher, he was like, you should take like college level French. You're so good at it. And I'm like, literally. Nah. I was like, nah. Yeah, I was like, you, no. mean, you mean I don't have to take this anymore? No. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> like, I don't have to take a foreign language anymore, which I'm kind of mad about because I would love to be like multilingual, but Same. I'm just a stupid I fucking American it. who only speaks English. Literally. I know, like, bits and pieces yeah right um, like i don't know nearly enough of any other language that i could possibly like survive on it if i ended up in like that country i could get by on a vacation yeah you know what i could probably manage yes. in france i could manage in france and probably any spanish-speaking country. i think we we get a like we get a lot more with like the the like romantic languages like english Spain. and french and spanish because they're all come from the same root yes so a lot of the like i could are very probably similar. manage more in spain than i could in like mexico mm-hmm. because in mexico it's a lot of slang spanish yeah there's which a lot of we different dialects learn. yeah based yes. on like where i mean there's dialects in every single language based yeah. on where you're from but it's like in like the fucking sticks in the u.s do I understand what the Hell fuck they're saying? Nah, no, I don't know what the fuck they're like, you're talking you're about. Meaning, meaning, I'm like, what? Like, yeah, my daddy, like the Louisiana accent in the fucking the, swamps. Like Creole accents, yeah, they're so thick. I'm like, what? Those it's, are English words? It's so <laughs> kind of cool, though, to see the way that, like, depending on your geological location, how a language kind of devolves into something completely new. Literally. That I'm if like, you're not from that area, you have... It's the language you speak like they, yet so they say, like, three that sentences, no and I'm idea. like, was that one... Are those separate words? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, two people from the yeah. same community mm-hmm. understand each other perfectly fine yes like language is like honestly i would have like loved to study more with like linguistics i took a linguistics so a psycholinguistics class that was interesting it's so cool yeah i took my senior year of college i took a psycholinguistics class that's really cool because i was thinking of going into psycholinguistics yeah but i took that class and i was like, <laughs> like mm, because no. it was also she was also my cog psych professor oh uh... I feel like she really just didn't know how to teach because cognitive psychology was fucking hard. And I don't know if it's just because... Cognitive just sounds like it would be hard. And I don't know if it was just because of the way she taught it or if that's just a hard class in general. But like... It just sounds hard. Cognitive (laughs) psychology was fucking hard. Any, I did well. Any psych majors listening, tell us if you found if you took a cog psych class and found it hard. I was psych... I graduated with my psych degree. Cognitive psych and bio psych... First of all, biopsychology is fucking all over the place. Like, (laughs) 
there was no like direct path usually in a class it's like this leads to this leads to this, leads to this. this. yeah right and it progressively gets harder biopsych was literally like we're here, then 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 we're, here, then we're back to a square one, and then we're like in the middle somewhere, and then we're no, like square sixty five. I remember at one point we were talking about rats libidos, and I'm like, what, what the fuck does this have to do with literally what anything? Does rats fucking have to do. <laughs> I'm like, literally, where did this come from? <laughs> I was so confused in that class. Literally, where did they? And my from? my one friend, she was like, you're not worried about the test i'm like no bro like this class is already all over the place if i don't know by now i'm not gonna know it within the next five minutes like <laughs> right lawrence fucking bitteker oh <laughs> oh now i remember that literally <clears throat> i opened the note to mm-hmm. see it and the second i opened the note it popped into my head <laughs> roy norris and lawrence those those are the tools. But seriously, um, I think the next t-shirt or hoodie that I want is going to say fetch the drain. Fetch the drain. <laughs> For sure. Alright, dude. Um, I have a case in mind for what we're going to do for the next one, which is probably going to be a multi-parter. So buckle the fuck up, baby. We all better hope my mental health stays in check <laughs> so we can do that. <laughs> because... But yeah, stay tuned for that. It's a pretty notorious case. So <laughs> any of y'all, if you're very true crimey people like myself, you will definitely know of this case. What is it? Um, Just say it. It's Albert Fish. Obviously, you have no fucking clue, but somebody just probably gagged because they know the Albert They're Fish like, case. Um, but <laughs> let me just say, I'm just going to give you a word hint. Needles. Great. Just stew on that. There are so many things you can do with needles. Stew on that. My brain just went in like 60 different directions. Yeah. He was fucking gross. Um, So yeah, next week we're going to dive into Albert Fish. Honestly, if I go as in-depth into that as I want, that's probably going to be like three-parter maybe. Um, Because there's a lot to get in with with Albert Fish. Because he was was weird from the second he was fucking born. And he... He is gross. Ooh, I just got the chills. He's disgusting. disgusting. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Don't know when that will be out. Pending Autumn's mental health. Um. Pending what happens in my life the next few days. <laughs> might have to tag Die Die in again and have her come back for another episode. I might do, like, a filler Listen, one. I my... might do, like, a quick one to research with Albert Fish just in case I got to pop Die Die in. Because, like, listen, my... It's just like a spiral, whether it's up or down. I don't really know which direction it's could be spiraling. to the left or the right. It's we're spiraling, so like anything can happen at this point. Anything Next week I could be in jail. Who knows? <laughs> Please don't. I don't have money to bail you out right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if y'all made it to this point, thank you so much for listening. Um, please go follow us on Instagram at TSRH Podcast. You can follow us and like us on Facebook at TSRH Podcast. You can send us an email with some case recommendations at TSRHpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a five-star review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We would love that. That would be great. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you so much. And we'll catch you in the next one. Um, Bye. Bye.